Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the Foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. Ball sends it over to Edward Robles. Go and serve name FC. What is up, everybody? It's Hector Flores, the host. And the host of okay, I'm so sorry. We'll, we'll, we'll still have this in the show, but I just awkwardly like roll back to the mic, and, and I was. I just couldn't hold it. It was bro. so awkward. I'm so sorry. No, I just couldn't hold it. It's like a scene from The Office. Oh, God. Yeah, it was. I should record this. Regroup, regroup, regroup. What's up, everybody? My name is Hector Flores, host of Insert Name FC. And with me, as always, is my best friend and the other host of the show, Edward Robles. Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? So, yeah. So, aside from that minor set. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I swear. I wish there was like a face camera over here somewhere. I swear. You know, if we weren't doing this show in my bedroom, maybe we can actually have like a... Cause let's face it. If we actually put a camera... It's like it's a, we're in an awkward position where if you, you would have to I, like... There's no real good way of having a camera located for if us. We had, if we had a camera right up in the corner, we may actually pull it off. But that's like just barely. Like it'll probably be like like half of half of your face oh. and like half... like 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 I mean like this. Like I mean like like, you know, like, you barely get our faces. Like, I mean, I feel like that's yeah, going to be yeah. the issue. They'll get the beards. They'll get the beards. That's all the part. Oh, yeah, I guess so. that's one of the points. So, there you go. Which is funny. Uh, speaking speaking of beards. So, on his Sports, they had an award show this past week. Um, actually, a week ago. And the first thing, I guess they, we were, well, not the first thing, but we were talking, they mentioned beards and how, like, you know, like beards aren't for them. And then obviously like this is on a Zoom meeting so yeah, yeah, yeah. they can see my beard. And so, <laughs> you know, they were saying kind of Harden-esque with my beard. So, I mean, <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. I there mean, I don't know. I don't know. James Harden's beard kind of smells like strip clubs. So I don't know about how much, <laughs> about how that goes. But anyways, so on Hinge Sports had their awards and we did not win anything, but we did get nominated for quite, uh, for some quite of uh, awards. I mean, we were nominated for Best Sound. 
uh, best logo and most improved. And so, I mean, yeah, that's actually to be nominated. Really, yeah, a, that's actually awesome. So, one Thank shout you, out Hange. to Alejandra because she Alejandra, made the logo. There you go, my girl Alejandra. So, see, <laughs> award nominated. Yeah, Alejandra. We're gonna add that to her resume. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and Spencer, obviously, he's our producer. Yeah. He's the one in, responsible for our sound. So yeah. Not only is he our top producer, beat maker, and all that, but he's also an award nominated, <laughs> award nominated beat maker. I'll take it, man. So there you go. Uh, but yeah, so shout out. But not only that, Spencer also stole the show. Everyone could not get over Spencer's performance on singing Rick Astley's "Never Gonna Give You Up." Uh, one great song choice by me. <laughs> yeah, I see, I told but, you that was a good one. But what was funny? So Frozen. like, obviously. Oh, yes. How dare you speak badly of Frozen? <laughs> Anyways, Rick Astley. How dare you, sir? How dare you? Never going to give you up. was awesome. Anyways, I mean, I, I guess if you had to pick between Rick Astley and, and Frozen, I guess, okay, I'll give you that one. Yeah. But still a good song. But normally, well, obviously, the only times that we've had like recorded someone singing was obviously Edward, which was just for us recording oh, him singing. yeah. Spencer, on the other hand, I mean, he went like a whole above. I mean, we'll probably definitely stick to what we're doing. Yeah. But Spencer, I mean, bravo. I mean, I I was speechless. Like, I remember Spencer was like, hey, man, was it bad? I'm like, no, this is... I sang along to it. This is pure. This is just pure. I, I can't even say comedy. I think this is just everything. Like, everything you would want. Yeah. Uh, the the jacket, I oh my god, I lost it. In the, ja- the jacket was just like, like everything you would want in a video uh, that tributed to Rick Astley. I think you got there it. There you go. Yeah, there you go. So, Spencer, you were the talk of the town. Congratulations! Yep. Not only are you an award nominated producer, but you stole the show. Like, who cares who won Podcast of the Year? Like, fuck those guys. Everyone was talking about show Spencer. Stealer. Spencer stole the show. He's the true podcast of the year, in my there opinion. You go. And I'm sure everybody on Hinge can agree to this. Spencer. <laughs> but yeah, man. So we have a packed show today. We won't have any game previews because, well, it's Christmas break. It's Christmas break. So, <laughs> so there is no games for that. So we'll have, we'll have some headlines, packed headlines actually for this, for this episode. We will have game recaps. We will also be recapping. The Asian Football Confederation or the AFC. I know Americans may not may think of the AFC as something else, but in the world of soccer, the AFC is the Asian Football Confederation, and they had their Champions League final. Um, Congratulations to uh, what we'll tell you when we get there. (laughs) But anyways, um, and then obviously our players of the week, and we'll do something a little different since we can't preview any games. We're gonna give you a wish list for the upcoming transfer window. Um, obviously, some of our clubs that we support, we definitely have some. We have something to moves say. in mind. Yeah, maybe not specific players. There's probably some that do have specific players, at least for us. But you know, positions or maybe something that needs to be addressed in this transfer window, so we can see our clubs make that extra, maybe that little bit to put them over um, to be top contenders exactly. in their leagues. So we'll be doing a Christmas wish list for our clubs. As well, and then obviously wrap things up with three up, three down, and hopefully we have a great show. It but, was a really good show. I had to do it. 
Yeah. Anyways, sorry. So guys, Christmas is here. I mean, obviously, today's Thursday. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. So either you did not get what you wanted or you just forgot to get somebody a gift. So here it is. It's either redemption time or just go get something that you want and let our friends at Fanatics help you out because they got you covered, man. Fanatics has a wide variety of apparel and memorabilia of teams across all sports from NFL to NASCAR and, of course, the beautiful game of soccer. So go to Fanatics.com, your one-stop shop for all things sports. Obviously, if you go to our Instagram at InsertNameFC, there's a link on the link tree. Go click on the link tree. First thing you see is the Fanatics link. Click on that link and go ahead and get some shopping done with our good friends at Fanatics.com. Yeah. Uh, all their stuff's really cool looking. So, I mean, even even I was actually thinking about, you know, getting a hockey jersey. Like, I don't even watch hockey, but hey. Wait, like, what hockey team do you have in mind? Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'll go with what everybody goes with, like, you know, the Detroit Red Wings. I don't know why. Just, Does everybody get Detroit Red Wings jerseys? I, I, feel, I feel like everybody would. It, it just looks cool to me. Maybe it's because my favorite color is red. I don't know. Okay, I guess that makes. Yeah, would it be the would it be the white Detroit Red Wings jersey or the red? Mm, probably the white one, so the accents pull up. You know, okay, the, the I, was red say, I do like the white one. Yeah, the white one with the red accent. Yeah. All right, man. But let's get going with some headlines. So, the first headline: Jose Mourinho, the best team lost. <laughs> can, can we say Jose Mourinho is officially back? Like this is yeah, this is prime Jose Mourinho when he blames others for his for his issues. Yeah, I, I mean the the best team lost. I even I had to kind of so obviously snort at that referring comment. to Tottenham's loss to Liverpool, which was a two one loss. So okay, maybe when you see the score, you're like, okay, well, maybe it was a close game. No, it wasn't. Tottenham had twenty four percent of the possession. Oh man. Tottenham had only eight shots and two of them were on target. Um and mind you, this is the defensive guru. This is the counterattack, and clearly the counterattack just the didn't bus. work. The park the bus guy. The park the bus guy. Um and then I mean this is one of those games where you realize that sometimes being a little too conservative could be the downfall yeah. for your team, uh, especially when you're going up against a team like Liverpool. Yeah. And Mind you, I did say that the counterattack does work perfectly for, I guess you could say, Harry Kane and uh, um, uh, Son. Because, I mean, that's basically how they've been scoring. Is they just go over the defense. They pass the ball over the defense and you see Son right there and he just shoots it. But once again, it, it work. only works when you have a team that doesn't have the passing efficiency like a Liverpool. Yeah. And, I mean... 24% possession. It's Clearly the, tells you they didn't have much control of the game. Nope. I mean, even if you're a strong counterattack side, you would maybe have like at least, at least like 34% of the possession. Yeah. Um, and I mean, eight shots isn't terrible. But, but two shots were on target. Bro. And clear, you only scored one goal. So I mean, uh, were you really the better? No, not the better team. Were you really the best team? At least at that moment. Yes, Tottenham has done really good things this year. Yes, they have really shocked everybody because no one expected Tottenham to be where they are right now. But clearly the counterattack has been working. But this was the question that we kind of all the kind of figure was what happens when you do play against a team that's not necessarily in the same space as most other teams. No offense to the teams that 
Tottenham has beaten. But let's face it, Liverpool is the top dogs in England and respectively so as they showed what they did today. And obviously, well, we also will be recapping Liverpool when we get there, but we know what Liverpool is capable of. We know what they can do. And unfortunately, just Tottenham was just not the better team today. And clearly, Liverpool is the, you know, okay, I'll say this. I hate saying the phrase defending champions because, well, especially when you're talking about like soccer or like basketball or baseball, because, you know, you won the trophy that year. You were that year's champion. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's not like you losing to somebody else. Like, it's not like you're going to lose the. Oh, and they lost Leicester City. Yeah, they lost yesterday. Leicester City as well. So That's I don't know. True. So I don't know if you, I don't know if you mean, um, hey, you know, um, the best team lost again. And this time to Leicester. Yeah. So at that no, point. Nothing, not saying anything negative to Leicester, but I mean, that's kind of some, a team that you would imagine Tottenham would at least compete fairly with. But, um, but no, what I was kind of saying though, like, you know, the whole defending champion thing, I don't, unless you're talking about like UFC, obviously, or like boxing, where yes, if you lose that day, you're losing your title. Like you're going to relinquish your title. You're, yes, you were defending your, it's not like, Liverpool goes to like every game that they go up and they have like, you know, like someone presenting the, the, the English Premier League trophy and like the trophy is on the line. You know what I mean? Like you don't see that in, in any other sport. Like you don't see the, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs like putting their, their Super Bowl trophy on the line right. week in, week out. Cause no matter what, they were still the Super Bowl champions. So that's why like I hate the phrase defending champions. Cause like, what are you defending? You're not defending anything. Like it's a new year. It's you're, a new season. You're, you're defending your three points. So, th- yeah, so that's so. what I'm saying. Like I hate the phrase "defending champions" because it just makes no sense unless you're talking about boxing or wrestling or or UFC or UFC something where I your mean, title is actually on, on the line, line every yeah, right. single time you go and fight. It's like, not like you give the, the the trophy away every time you lose. That's what I'm saying. Like. Like you're not gonna. It's not like you losing this game is gonna mean like okay, well I gotta relinquish this trophy. Here you go. Yeah, I mean, I, but in, in my opinion, I mean, I guess you can call them just a defending chance, just because they won last year's. But it's not. It's like you said, it's not every match that they're they're doing. It. You know, they're not defending that title. Like oh, you know, I mean, you've heard it a lot already. Where if Liverpool loses, oh, the champions have lost, and it's like, but. You know they're not the champions right now. A lot can happen. Is it like a metaphorical period. championship? Is that would be kind of? Yeah, I guess so. But uh, I was actually I was going to tell you I was looking at the formations that they played with. Uh, Liverpool, of course, played with their four three three, just basic. And then Tottenham had a four 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 two, and I was like, that's very basic. And they they're not used to playing that as well either. Aren't they used I, to playing like four? I think it was like a four three I, one honestly, one. I feel four, like three, one, three. formations. Yes, you have a point that like formation is a big thing, but I feel like also it changes throughout the game because I mean, obviously, in a more defensive situation, maybe one of the midfielders kind of draws back and then essentially becomes a center back. So I mean, things change throughout the game. Wouldn't that at that point you you would be more content with the four three three, but except you have the holding or at least the defending four three three. Where the center back or the center defensive mid goes back to the center back, I, you have a point there, but I think that it's also kind of like a base by like a case by case thing. Like I mean, it's honestly 
any formation can be done throughout the game. Like you can go from a four four two to a four three three, or go a five three two. You know what I mean? Like there's you you can change the formation throughout the game. That's not necessarily like like oh my god, look what happened. I mean, <laughs> like oh my god, if they only changed the formation, it would have been a different match. But that's not always what's going to happen. I mean, I you have a point there. I'll give you that. But I think it, as far as this goes, I think it's just just happened. Like, I mean. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. Liverpool is just a class of their own. Tottenham may look really good, but till they beat the Liverpools and the Man Cities, they're not going to get that respect till they do that. And obviously, they didn't get the respect today. And maybe that's part of the reason why Jose Mourinho decides to speak his mind, which we haven't really gotten that much lately. No. And and, and now we have prime Jose Mourinho. This is the Jose Mourinho we've been waiting for. Um, we've, we've seen it. I've seen it as a Real Madrid fan when he was at Real Madrid. You've seen it when he was at Manchester United. Yep. He does this, and it was just it was the it was the inevitable, and it all it took was just Liverpool beating them. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, and the score was very misleading. I will say that the score is misleading. I think if you look at the game as a whole, if you look at the statistics everywhere else, you can clearly tell Tottenham was not the best team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could I see that. So and and just, then you lose Leicester City. So yeah, it's just a big old turd and bucket, and just keep on crapping on me, bro. Like that's basically what's going on. They have to fix something soon. Oh yeah, completely. Um, I feel like they just they can definitely they just gotta tweak it. They need to tweak it, and then also maybe a, the a return of a certain player once they're fully healthy. Maybe that's a another. I mean, we mentioned this before, <laughs> yeah. so I mean. Dele Ali, Dele Ali. He did. He did do sub in. He subbed in. So it's it's something. So he's he he didn't get the full playing time, but um maybe maybe Lo Celso maybe. But but at the same time, it's like you can only defend for so long. Cons- like the thing is, and I and I've said this. No, well, I never said this on the podcast, but this is something I've said. Conservative play leads to conservative results, and a two-one. Loss is a conservative result. Well, the only way the conservative way in the quick counterattack would work is if you have a back four or even, for example, but back three. You can't play conservatively. Solid. You can't that's play solid, but you can't play conservatively against Liverpool. Liverpool, that's a game. You gotta take a shot. You gotta take a risk. Yes, can it bite you in the ass? Of course. But when you have players like Hungman Son and you have Harry, Harry Kane, Kane you should you should be going for those haymakers when you go up against Liverpool. You want to take them down and down early. You don't want them to be in the game for however long. You need to, what, if you have your shot, take it and keep striking. If you see that, you got to, this is a team that you can't let even a little bit up. You, you got to keep them down. Like, I mean, yeah, you have to, man. Like, I don't even no care if the ref is telling you to stop, stop the bleeding. Like, no, keep going because this team is going, as soon as they get back up, they're going to kill you. And if you, <laughs> Fermino, Fermino proved that. Exactly. So that's my point. So I mean, against like against the other teams, like like an Arsenal, like a Man U. No offense. <laughs> and ironically, Tottenham actually uh, beat Arsenal, and that was the last and beat Man match. U. Yeah, and that was the the Arsenal match was the last league match that they won. After that, wow, it was just. Uh, I believe it was a tie, and then they kept they lost. So I mean, that that kind of that's also the kind of issue is that. Jose Mourinho is a little bit conservative for me. And that's kind of been a big issue that I had when he was with Real Madrid. He was such a conservative manager. 
And that was the reason why he didn't really get that much silverware when he was with Real Madrid. Right. And I mean, yes, he won uh, a, a La Liga title. And yes, he won a Copa del Rey. But I mean, you know, with Real Madrid, you would expect him to win those things, Champions. especially with the talent that he had. But clearly he didn't do it. And then you had Carlo Ancelotti, a guy that does take shots. Yeah. He goes for the haymakers. I mean, those are the guys that you want. And Jose Mourinho, though he is smart, yes, he maybe he is the smartest guy in the room, but sometimes he's a little too smart for his own good, and this is what happens. Yep. I agree with you on that one. All right, man. Now, speaking of other managers, Gabriel Heinze is the new manager of Atlanta United. Frank DeBoer era was over for a long time, actually. Frank DeBoer was originally the manager of Atlanta United, had a horrendous MLS's back tournament, and then so they ended up firing him. And they go into this into the rest of the season uh, with a new with a, with an interim manager, and obviously Atlanta just didn't have the season that a lot of people expected. Atlanta United is a team that everyone thinks that this is going to be one of the top teams in the MLS, a team that could be that team that can really change the landscape of the MLS. Maybe that team that could be the Liga MX side, um, and all those things. And unfortunately, they just weren't the same after Tata Martino left, which was a, probably not a smart choice. By Atlanta United, they should have tried to do whatever they could to keep their guy. But obviously, let's face it, if you have an opportunity to manage a national team like Mexico with the young talent that they had, I mean, you can't say no to that. So Tata Martino took his option, his big opportunity to coach the international game. And you go for Frank DeBoer. Yes, is that kind of a sexy name? Maybe. Well, I mean, um, I mean, he's a... He has a track record of not doing so well. So, I mean, I can see where maybe some people don't like it, but obviously, Ajax. You hear Ajax and you're just like, this guy knows something. Yeah. And clearly, it didn't work in Atlanta United. And I just don't think his style matched with what he had there. I mean, you're talking about Pitti Martinez, Ezequiel Barco. You have this young South American talent, that flair, you know? And I just don't think that the net, that, the Dutch style works with that. No, no, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. They basically have to be brought up on that style in order for them to play that style. And now you bring Gabriel Heinze. Now, I mean, this guy for, definitely... For, for, people, for people who don't know, you know, you want let them know who he is. So, he is a former defender. He played for Manchester United, played for PSG, played for Real Madrid. Um, solid player. I mean, a player that I think we all have respect for. I mean, clearly... I had a lot of respect for the fact that he played with some top clubs, especially in some prime eras. Oh, man. When uh, he played with Riquelme mm-hmm. in, Argent- in the Argentina and, national team. In Argent- and, and, and Argentina. Hernan Crespo, Juan Verón. Oh, bro. That so, was- as far as his managerial career, he was manager of Godoy, Godoy Cruz, Argentina's junior, and recently was with Belez Sarsfield. Godoy Cruz um, was actually promoted when he took over as manager of that club. So he actually helped them get promoted to the first division in Argentina. He's been only with Argentina. But what that tells me is that this guy will fit with some of the South American talent that he has in Atlanta United and could be that that bridge, not only with the players, but to bring in some more South American talent. Because I feel like the, the theme now with the MLS has been gaining young talent from South America yeah. and then obviously sell them to Europe as soon as they get their, their notoriety. But yeah. And Atlanta United has been one of them. Obviously, they went and got Ezequiel Barco, which unfortunately is one of those players. Like, I don't think he's lived up lived up to what everybody's hoping because obviously 
this is another kid that has been done the next Messi. And you know how terrible that is? That is, that is, okay, so not a curse. I'm not saying it's a curse. It's, it's just, a curse. It's just, it's, it's kind of putting too it's much pressure. It's a jinx. It's kind of putting too much pressure on, on certain soccer players. Like, um, for example, even now he plays in the MLS now, but back in the day, Boyan. So Boyan, they were like, oh, he's the next Messi and everything. And I was like, I don't think so. I was like, just because he has long hair, he does have a, a dribbling, but he was more of a, he was more of a, uh, a playmaking I just, striker. I just think he was the world has this obsession to find the next this, the next event, the next LA, the next Messi, the next Cristiano Ronaldo. That next Ronaldo. Actually, I don't think anybody's ever done uh, it. I tried. That didn't work out after <laughs> I got injured. So it worked for a while. But, but they're looking for the next thing when, honestly, you know, no one knew Messi was going to be Messi. Mm-hmm. No one knew Cristiano Ronaldo was going to be Cristiano Ronaldo. As far as we know, these were two kids that grew up in the slums of, the, of their countries. For all, like, no one knew who these guys were until, until soccer. Until, until soccer. And yep. I mean, that that's literally how the story goes. And you don't know these guys until they're, they're out we're there still, on the field. We're still, we're still waiting. Because I mean, I'm going to be honest. Mbappe, he's a, he's a big name. But I'm still waiting for the next, next one. Like after Mbappe. Who's gonna, who's it going to be? We don't know yet. And we're hoping for Gio Reyna. But <laughs> anyways, so going back to it, I think Gabriel Heinze, I think he's, a great choice for Atlanta United. Once again, he's an Argentinian. Last time they had, well, I mean, they've only had three managers now, but their first manager, Tata, Tata Martino, Argentinian, obviously comes with that Argentina flair. Has spoke Spanish. Um, I feel that that's a big important thing if you're getting talent from South America. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, I think he fits. What could, he could do better than what Frank DeBoer did. Yes, he doesn't have the the European resume as a manager. Yeah. But I think he has something that maybe he, that Atlanta United could definitely use in their plans for getting back on top. I think this is a great move for Atlanta United. I think this is the right move for Atlanta United. I think you have to, I think first be patient with him. Obviously, he's still, I mean, MLS is different from Argentina, but I think this is their guy. I think this is the guy that can speak to the players. He's a former player. He, he, He's relatable. I think this is a player's manager, and I think this is a guy that the players can definitely rally around. And, and I would say, with his experience of the teams that he's played with, um, I feel that he can actually for for the players that play in his position, he can give them a lot. He can get basically those kind of players into Atlanta and actually growl them up and make them compete. And dude, he could he could set some fire under their ass. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. So, so I think this is a great it's, move. It's a, it's, a, it's a good move for him and for the team itself. Dynamo, take some points. <clears throat> I mean, I'm, I'm happy with Tab Ramos. <laughs> I mean, it's not so much, it's not so much with Tab Ramos. Obviously, it's, it's, it's the front office. It's, it's not, it's not the coach. I think the coach is fine. The players, yeah. I mean, aside from Emma Rodriguez, the players, most of them can all go. Um, but make, make Tab Ramos the you know the GM and then that's hire Xavi Hernandez. That's what I'm hoping. Xavi Hernandez. <laughs> Am I reaching for the stars here, bro? Uh, a little bit. Gosh, oh, just, just a little. I mean, I'm with you. I mean, I would love Xavi, <laughs> Xavi in the Dynamo. You know, what I mean? 
<laughs> but it, it's a stretch. Uh, it's a reach. We're reaching. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I don't think he's gonna leave Qatar anytime soon. No, he's sitting pretty. That's he's sitting right pretty right there. <laughs> but yeah. So, um, but yeah. So the next headline. So, I feel like this is a player that I don't think a lot of people talk about. I think he's very underrated as far as when you talk about U.S. men's national team because I think he gets overshadowed by other players. But I feel like he is so consistent. He's a hard worker. And I think everything that he's gotten so far is literally because of how hard he works. And that is obviously Weston McKinney, who won, who won the award for U.S. Men's National Team Player of the Year for 2020. So take that for what you want. Yeah. But, I mean, the man yeah. has had a great year. I mean, oh, yeah, he's been he's been the only thing good for Schalke, for, uh, in, at least in the last season. Yeah, um, He was the only one contributing. He was the only one scoring goals. Well, I mean, there was others. But I mean, you, you saw more Schalke, uh, you saw more Weston McKinney highlights. In those that final run from uh, Schalke in that by last season, and now makes the big move, goes to Juventus, the first American to ever play for Juventus. Not only plays for them, but regularly plays. He starts, starts, comes off the bench. He has scored goals. He scored a he scored a decisive goal. And now you have like the beautiful pictures of him and Cristiano Ronaldo, you know, like smiling at each other. Um, You have him and Cuadrado saying that they're twins. Yeah. Um, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo comes and calls him Texas boy or, or something like that. Um, <laughs> he's he he's he's where he's at because he's worked hard. Yeah, and I think that maybe people don't talk about him as much because obviously you have Gio Reyna, you have Christian Pulisic, you have other players that maybe you don't speak of Weston McKinney before them. Yeah, and I mean. I'm sure there's people. I'm sure there's people that talk about Weston McKinney, and it helps that he is from Texas. I mean, we're from Texas, so yeah, yeah, yeah. it helps us out. But I mean, the guys worked hard. I feel like he's a leader. I think eventually he will be the captain for the U.S. men's national team. I think he's just the prime example of how to do things right. Um, and I think he's also the, at least the forefront of now seeing more American players play in Italy. I oh, think. Yeah. I, I think initially when we saw what Christian Pulisic was doing in the Bundesliga, you start seeing. More names popping up in Germany, like it became Germany. Tyler Adams. Germany um, became the the um, the, uh, the the elite for Americans yeah. to go play in. And now I'm thinking that they're going to migrate over to Italy. Now Italy is going to become the American league, especially because now you're hearing more Italian teams interested in American players. You're hearing Brian Reynolds from FC Dallas being looked at by Juventus. You're seeing you're seeing players now being sought by Italian clubs, and I think that obviously. He's trending up. And literally, there wouldn't be so much thought of for U.S. players if it wasn't for the fact that Weston McKinney's clearly working well in Juventus. And he is expected to get a full, complete transfer eventually because, I mean, I'm sure Juventus loves what they're seeing. And he's being coached by Andre Pirlo. Yeah, I mean, so who, not, wouldn't, who not, wouldn't love that? Not only is this guy being teammates with Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, Paulo Dybala. Paulo um, Dybala. You also have... Um, Benucci. Yeah. You, um... Buffon, I mean, oh, Buffon's not on. like starting, but I mean, he's a, he's yeah, on the team. but he's there, he's and, there, and, and then he gets managed by one of the best center midfielders to have ever played the game. Um, I mean, Pirlo probably saw something in him. I mean, he, this, he this is why he's here. It's because yeah. Pirlo wants Le Americano. <laughs> <laughs> so, so congrats to Weston McKinney. I think he's had an amazing season. I mean. Just think of it, since he's gone to Juventus, he's had 13 appearances, scored two goals, had two assists, and has played 737 minutes. That's a lot of minutes. And you're, and, and once again, this is Juventus. <laughs> this is 
this isn't just a team in in in, in Syria. It's not just a team that competes for Syria. This is a team that you expect to at least compete in Champions League. Yep. Like this is a a big club. This is not. We're not even comparing them to Italy. We're comparing him with the with the Bayern Munich, with the Manchester United, with the Real Madrid, with the Barcelona, the big clubs, the top dogs. Okay, maybe not Manchester United, but the top dogs in Europe. Like these are guys that are gonna are expected to go far in Champions League. These are clubs that are expected to win the FIFA Club World Cup thing. I mean, that says something. That has to say something for the quality that Weston McKinney is. Yeah, I mean, I agree. He's he's shown a lot. He, and he's shown a lot of grit, too. I started remember at the beginning, I was like, oh, man, I hope he does good. I was, I was rooting for him. Now I'm like, yeah, he's starting. I was like, all right, he's going to do great. So, yeah. So, congratulations, Weston McKinney. 2020 may not be the year for everybody, but it's clearly Weston McKinney's year. <laughs> um, and now I'm going to talk about, uh, I'm actually going to skip the one I was going to say, but I'm going to, guess I'm going to save that for last. But this one, and kind of sticking with Italy, Rafael Leal breaks a Serie A record. He scores the fastest goal in Serie A history in the 2-1 win against Sassuolo, and he scored the goal in 6.20 seconds. Damn. That literally means that, like, they kicked the ball off, they sent it, this dude was hauling ass to go score a goal. So, congratulations. Rafael Leal, I mean, this is the future of Portugal. Obviously, a young up-and-coming forward. I think can also play on the wing, um, but I think primarily as a forward. And, I mean, if he can do something like this, I can't wait to see what he can do with Cristiano Ronaldo, with Bruno Fernandez with, oh, yeah. with uh, Bernardo Silva, with Jao Felix. With, oh my God. Like, think about the, Okay, Portugal's going to do. I Portugal's going to attack. If Portugal doesn't at least win the Euros, like, I mean, maybe win a World Cup, but I mean, if they don't win at least a Euro, <laughs> I mean, what the fuck are they doing? Because I mean, this is a stacked national team. Now, then is, got, you also got Diogo Jota. Could you. Okay. I know, obviously, we're talking about the, the Rafael Leal, but could we be ta- saying right now that Portugal is kind of entering a golden generation? Sounds like... Flushing. I held it in. Oh, sorry. Oh, I held it in. <clears throat> Anyways. I just let you know, Edward's like wearing a mask. <laughs> uh, no, I tried to sneeze, and I was like, nope, nope, gonna hold it in, gonna hold it in. <laughs> but anyways, but yeah. So are we are we seeing that Portugal is going into a golden generation? I feel like golden generations have been popping up now. U.S. men's national team, you could probably say they're going into a golden generation. Yeah. Um. Now you're seeing Portugal. We thought France was going into a was about on the verge of nearing ending their golden generation, but now no. um, another crop of French players yeah, are rising. Dude. England golden generation. England. Yeah. Um. Brazil, golden Brazil. generation. There, I think it's still need a little bit. Of At tweaks. least up top, defensively, yeah. maybe not not there yet, but up top for sure. Um, yeah, like is this? It, it just seems like twenty twenty has now just been the rise of golden generation. I mean, Germany. I'm sure there's there's some some young Germ- yeah. some young six foot five Germans that are ready to go. <laughs> ja, hello, my name is Julian. I'm six five. Oh, I'm the Dutch. I forgot about the Dutch. Obviously, Netherlands, of course, 
Jesus Christ, man. Like, oh, he's, hey, these seems are up and coming, bro. In Norway? Is Norway? <laughs> no, no, no. It's not no, it's not good. Odegaard! Odegaard in Holland. Oh, man, poor Holland. But, hey, you never know. He could Actually, be, he could, AC Milan could, has a, also another, uh, has a, Nor- a Norwegian player that he's looking pretty solid. No, 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 but let's put it this way. Holland, if anything, could be like Lewandowski. He could actually lead the team to greatness, to actually be yeah, noticed. Poland actually has a pretty good team. Not, not to the point not where now, you're like... But I mean, like, I had some pretty good teams. I mean, the only players that I really thought that stood out to me, I mean, if anybody else knows any more players, please, you know, comment on our page. But Lewandowski and Piszczek, that those are the only two that come to mind to me. And they're, they're damn good. Piszczek's out of age already. I mean, right now? Yeah. No, I mean, I said right now, yeah, I, I get what you mean. But I mean, like, I mean, Poland's always had a pretty decent team. Like, yeah, but I haven't heard of any up and coming. No, no, I, I, get, I get what you're saying. I'm saying the previous years, I think Poland has had a pretty decent team. I mean, yeah, yes, Robert Lewandowski is definitely that that it factor that put them over the top to qualify for for certain tournaments. But, but that's what I'm saying. Like, do you think Halan would be that that player to put Norway over the top with the help of Martin Odegaard? I think, I think his supporting cast has to be because I mean, I mean, Robert Lewandowski still had a pretty solid supporting cast. As well, I, that, that's my argument. Mm. I just don't think Norway has the supporting cast for Holland. Mm. Damn. But then again, you can prove me wrong. Norway can prove me wrong. I mean, yeah, anything's possible. So say say it in the way saying that I would. Anything is possible. There you go. All right. So the last the last headline, and I'm sure everyone's happy about this. So hey, yeah, today is Thursday. Obviously, when we're recording recording this on Monday, there is a game. Somewhere from Barcelona. Up on the 23rd, I believe. On the 23rd, Barcelona will have a game. So either he has either done it or maybe he didn't. Who knows? But we all, we, we all at least know this for sure is that Messi has scored his 643rd goal for Barcelona, which ties with Pele, who also has these, obviously, obviously they tie, so they have the same number of goals, but he did it with Santos. Obviously, that is a time when you didn't have, like, playing in Europe wasn't the only way to get recognized. Like, I mean, so Pele, majority of his career played for Santos, and then he went to go play for the New York Cosmos. Um, but, I mean, Messi is just, to, to do this all while being in, as a Barcelona player, it just, once again, obviously, the, he's been committed. He's been loyal to Barcelona for years and years and years. And he's going to, he's going to pass his record. Either he, either he's going to do it or he probably already has done it. And if that's the case, congratulations on scoring 644 yeah, right. goals. Dude, um, he may score too. You never know. Yeah. So, so this is either congratulations for time with Pele or <laughs> congratulations, Messi, for surpassing Pele. So, yeah, right. There you go. Covering, covering all angles. Covering here. all the bases. Covering all the bases. So, yeah. So, at least we're still congratulating Messi. Yes. But, yes. Well, congrats, um, Messi. That is a milestone in itself. Well, this amazing, amazing. I mean, Messi is one of the goats. Yeah, I hate. I hate. You know, everyone's like, "Oh, which one? Which one's the goat?" They're they're both goats. They're, they're both, they're both goats. the greatest of all time. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't think <laughs> it's kind of more of a sheep, but man, <laughs> okay, whatever. No, fucking. <laughs> but it just like I, I think people just need to like. I, yes, I am the guy that's like, why don't we just enjoy the fact that there's Messi. And Ronaldo, just just enjoy it. 
Messi, Messi is the epitome of just natural talent. Like he's just had, it. like the second he touched the ball, he had it. Ronaldo is the is just the prime example of, of hard, hard work, work bro. of working hard. What it gets you, I mean, both have their pros. Yeah, yes, they could have their cons. I don't think they they either have cons because I mean, clearly they're both legends of the game. But um, I just think you gotta enjoy for what these two players have done. They've literally put their countries in the spotlight. I mean, I don't think we would have talked about Portugal as much as we have if it wasn't for Cristiano Ronaldo. Argentina has always been a very dominant country as far as soccer goes, but obviously Messi is definitely what carries this team uh, with the ridiculous amount of talent that this country provides, but he still carries the load. And yes, he... Okay, if you wanted to like compare like who, who has it better or who would essentially say would be the better one, well, I mean, I feel like you would have to give it to Ronaldo because he's won in the international level. Yeah. He's won he's, a he's Euro. Won, he's won a Euro. So, and, and he's also won, I mean, take it for which one, a Nations League title, but you could take that for what you want. Yeah. But, I mean, that's, I mean, yes, Messi was there. He was close to grasping trophies the twice. Copa, the Copa America, when he, with that penalty that was botched. And then at the end of it all with the World Cup against Germany, that, if Messi won the World Cup, I mean, there's that, no, that, there's that, no debate. Been, yeah, that would have been, no, no, been it. That would have been it. But Mario Gota decided to speak otherwise. Uh, and Mario Gota came in as a sub. In, in extra time. In extra time. And then he ended up, he wasn't, he's not even a striker. He's a center attacking mid, but he can play in the center field. But even then, at that point, he just stretched out his leg and boom, there it is. But that's just my point. Like, I mean, this game. I guess, I guess if you wanted to say which one is better right now as far as accomplishments, I think you would have to give the edge to Ronaldo. Yeah. The man has won in the international stage. Yes, I understand. Messi is a great player. I'm not taking that away. I'm sure people are going to take this out of context. But let's face it. If you're going to, if, if you're going to be one of those people that like compares trophies to trophies, you can say what you want about the Ballon d'Ors. At this point, there's some times where I felt like maybe Messi and Ronaldo weren't the best player at that time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Iniesta or Xavi should at least have gotten a, a Ballon d'Or at one point. Uh, really, I still remember when all three of them were nominated. It was uh, Messi, Xavi, and Iniesta. All three of them were nominated, and Messi won. But even even Andres and, and Xavi were both like, "Oh yeah, Messi deserves it." Like, was they, that a year when they won the World Cup? Uh, I think so. So that's even more ironic of all the uh, yeah. But anyways, and then obviously there was that giant head scratcher where Luka Modric won. But <laughs> oh yeah, I was like, what? Like, that just I mean, I'm happy out. for him. I'm not. I'm not saying that. That's just, that was uh, when Croatia made it to the to you know, against France when they made it to the World Cup. Yeah, and I mean, also, I I believe they made it. That he won the Champions League that year as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so. I mean, I get what why they picked Modric, but I mean, it was just kind of like I don't think. Okay, maybe there was some people that were like furious about it, but I was just kind of like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's how. Congrats to Luca. Yeah, I mean, I wow. like him. everyone's like, I like Luca. Like, I don't think there's anybody that's like, oh wow, okay, <laughs> But yeah, so um, congratulations to Messi, and I'm sure either you have or have not surpassed Pele. Mm-hmm. But if you did, congrats. <laughs> All right, man. So we're gonna go ahead and get to these game recaps. Edward, what is your game to recap? Uh, my game to recap is the absolute slaughter of Crystal Palace. So it's Liverpool versus Crystal Palace, uh, seven to zero. That would score. It's not football, not American football. It's seven zero. It was literally even one. If, even if time. that was a football score, that score would suck. 
<sighs> bro, no, that's it's just one fucking touchdown with the extra point. That's it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like if this wasn't like a legitimate football game score, I think people would hate this game. Especially because yeah, people hate defensive football games. Yeah, but fuck, dude. 7-0. I mean, Liverpool. once again, could someone please just get Saha? Get him out of there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you're a Crystal Palace fan, I mean, congratulations because kudos to your your strength. I mean, I'm an Arsenal fan. Even I give myself props for, for the strength of this team. Because, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, good God. Liverpool, Liverpool had 65% of the... 65, bro. So can you say the best team lost? <sighs> All right, Mourinho, calm down. Oh my god! But yeah, sixty-five percent. Hey, I'm just saying, man. Apparently, if you if you don't have possession, you're you're the best team. But mind you, mind you, remember, Tottenham had twenty-four percent. So Crystal Palace had more percentage in that. So it's a fact, though. Crystal Palace is a better team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, possession-wise, yeah, yeah, you could say that. Oh, Mourinho would probably agree with you then at that point. What is these numbers? These numbers do nothing. Uh, but, I have a special one. I'm the special one. I'm the great one. Um, but yeah, Liverpool outshot them 14 to 5. I mean, it was a shellacking. So, um, t- dude, 14 to 5. Seven goals. 14 to 5. 50% of those shots were goal. That's, 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 that's crazy to me. Like, I was like, but once again, it's Liverpool. Yeah. Okay. It's Liverpool. Yeah. yeah. The defending champions. Yeah. So those goals came from Minamino. At three, at the third, at the third minute, of course, Sadio Mane at the thirty-fifth, and Roberto Firmino on the forty-fourth and the sixty-eighth, Henderson at the fifty-second minute, and of course, can't really knock this man, Mohamed Salah, Mo Salah on the eighty-first and the eighty-fourth. You know, it's funny. Like everyone basically like like forgot about Firmino's two goals, and they just started talking about Mohamed Salah. I mean, granted, he came off the bench and scored. Literally two goals within three minutes of each other, but I was just like, because Firmino has has definitely looked solid in the, in the recent games. Oh yeah, and I mean, which maybe yes, I I said some things about Roberto Firmino, and you have. I, it wasn't negative. I mean, compared to the, the 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 big three up top, I mean, yeah, you know, Sadio Mane, Mohamed Salah, and Firmino. I mean, the the one you would forget is Firmino. Yeah, I mean, he's been he's been on a slump. I want to say. Well, but he's been solid though. He's I mean, I'm solid. not saying he's a bad player. No, I'm just saying when you talk about that trident, the, the yeah. trident that probably scares the more living crap out of you is Mohamed Salah and, and Sadio Mane. So it's like saying it's like saying that uh, that meme with the goofy dragons. <laughs> I mean, no? or maybe or maybe the trident is basically like it's got. You're trying to say basically the sharpest spikes out of the sharpest. Uh, Spears out of the Trident is uh, Salah and Mane. Yeah, and then you got Firmino, which is, I guess, you can say the like, weak spear. He's still efficient, but it's just like you just forget about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't you don't see him causing up that much damage. You don't see him tearing the field. You, you just see Sadio Mane and freaking Mohamed Salah chopping people up, and yeah. then there's Firmino. And, and Firmino is actually known for and he's chop- a dribbler. He's a, yeah, he's, he's a, a dribbler. dribbler. I'm he's not saying dribbler. that he's not, but I mean. Obviously, compared to the two highlight reels next and to the him, thing, the thing he is, just um, seems like the thing is Salah. He dribbles, but it's so simple. He just outruns you, and that's it. And the same thing with Mane, but Mane has that little flair, that little flick to the back heel. But then you got Firmino, who he'll do step overs. He'll face you, 
and then he'll try to do like one trick or two. But it looks, it doesn't look as deadly as like Neymar or Ronaldinho or like even este Robinho back in the day. You know, you were expecting a chop right there. Firmino, like he'll come out of it. And I'm not saying he doesn't know how to chop. I'm just saying it's something you don't really see out of him being Brazilian, you know? No, I totally agree. And I mean, obviously, he's not necessarily like the first choice forward in Brazil either. I mean, you have Gabi Jesus. And, oh, yeah. And so, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think you should make an argument for Roberto Firmino. I mean, obviously, he's a, a successful player and a part of, of Liverpool's success. Yeah. And then Gabi Jesus is not even a guy that regularly starts for Manchester City. But, you know, people like... Gabriel Hayes. I think it's just because of the potential. And I mean, it's not saying that Roberto Firmino is old or anything like that. I don't even think he's that old to begin with. No, he's not old. I, don't, I think, if anything, I think Gabriel Jesus and Roberto Firmino are about the same age. I think it's like two years apart, I would I would assume. But, yeah, I mean, but Roberto Firmino, I, I initially was talking about him and then all of a sudden, you know, Mo, Mo lot comes into the game and does his part in, in a shorter time period. So, I mean, obviously, you got to give more credit to that. Than anything else? It's actually six years of difference. Okay, never mind. Gabby Jesus is twenty three. Fidemino is twenty nine. Oh, so okay. Well, maybe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Put you there a little. You're like, oh, okay. All right, man. So, talking about my game, um, and yes, I'm putting me putting myself through this. Everson beat Arsenal two to one, in what was basically. The most Arsenal game I've ever seen in my life. But, the most Arsenal game? Can you please recap or can you explain that? I mean, okay, so Arsenal didn't play bad. At least I didn't think. As far as if you look at the sets, they had 58% of the possession. They outshot Everton 13-9. And what literally was the goals that they scored was they scored off of a penalty. Go figure. Another goal that they scored that wasn't on open play. Um, and then... They did score technically a second goal because they gave up an own goal. So, I mean, literally the most Arsenal just game. In the, just in the wrong goal. The wrong goal. Yep. But anyways, but, you know, they tied up. So everybody's like, okay, we're back in this game. We got this. And then before halftime, freaking set, set piece, corner kick, scores a goal. And then after that, it was just Arsenal trying to stumble around. Once again, they just can't finish. That's been their lingering problem. Um. Obama has been Obama, yeah. Obama has been a letdown. Um, Lacazette once again kind of a letdown himself. Um, it, it's kind of just who do you who do you think that you can rely on in Arsenal? As far as like veterans, veterans, playmaker, like somebody who can actually make something happen. Because they may not be, be Honestly, they may not be even be up front. Around. No, nobody right now that really gives me that confidence. I mean, Pepe has been a letdown for me. I think at this point, you can definitely throw the bus label on him. Um, I mean, he did score the penalty, but congratulations. He scored a fucking penalty. <laughs> um, I don't believe Obama played in this game. Uh, he might have, actually. I don't know. Well, at least it sure didn't feel like he was playing. Damn. Well, I mean, Shots well, if Pepe scored the penalty, then clearly it wasn't because Obama obviously would have been the one scoring the penalty. So I don't believe he was playing that game. Um, and I don't, but anyways, I just don't see anybody on this roster that I could just, uh, besides Leno, I think Leno is a great goalkeeper. Unfortunately, he just doesn't have the backline that gives him the support that he needs. 
Yeah. Um, we did see David Luiz, which, okay, cool. David Luiz was there. Um, uh, I mean, I like seeing Nayland Miles. I mean, there's players that I know can be something, but obviously without the experience and the leadership that you would want, I mean, technically you do have that player, but you just choose not to play him. Um, it, it's, it's just been, there's just nobody on this roster that I feel is that that spark, that leader, um, to really get this team out of this rut? And unfortunately, now they've, you know, like I said, they're they're more closer to relegation than they are to the top, at least the top six or top even top seven. So, um, think something needs to change, man. I think more and more you can probably even start saying that maybe Makar Teta's losing his locker room because I don't, you know, if if if. And I, I think someone made a really good point. I, I mean, I'm still kind of behind Mikel Arteta, as crazy as that sounds. Um, but I mean, if Arsenal is really a top club, or they should be viewed as a top club, then what Mikel Arteta, ha- his, his recent run of form has not lived up to the expectations. And maybe you should probably be talking about, you know, sacking him. I mean, you saw what Dortmund did. They sacked Favre when they're in fifth place. Um, 15 plays seems pretty pretty reasonable cl- cause to like go ahead and fire somebody. Yeah, I and mean, once again, Arsenal is supposed to be a top club. They're supposed to be up there, yeah. And if we're have if we're supposed to have the expect expectations of a top club, then there needs to be consequences similar to what if you're not performing like a top club. And as much as I like Mikel Arteta, maybe it was a little too early to have this guy be the manager of Arsenal. Maybe they needed a more authoritative manager, someone that can really get these guys disciplined. Because I think that's also a big issue with Arsenal is that they don't have the discipline to come from behind. They don't have the discipline to avoid some careless mistakes like own goals. And I mean, Obama also scored an own goal in the previous game that they played as well. There's, There's a lack of discipline. I think that's the big word when you hear with Arsenal is there's no discipline with this team. And that is literally why these these horrendous performances, why Arsenal is having one of their worst starts in Arsenal history. And once again, you're closer to relegation than you are to the top four, to the top seven. And that is a problem. The fans are restless. They, someone, someone needs to be an example. Someone, something needs to change. Like something needs to change with Arsenal. There needs to be a spark. Maybe play a certain player that hasn't been playing and you're paying a shit ton of money to. Uh, Right. Maybe that's a start. It's something because the thing is with me is Nicarta has been talking about how he needs to, there needs to be change. So he needs he needs to change things up, and I don't need to see El Nene out there. I mean, El Nene has been a, a, a quite a surprise for me. I'll give him that, but he's not a re- he shouldn't be a regular starter. There's a reason why he's been out on loans. Yeah, there's a reason why. I thank God I didn't have to see Shaka. I mean, if I we saw all- Shaka. We all know how you feel about that. Thank God for that one. Um, let's see more of the young players. Let's see soccer. Let's see. Um, let's see Eddie Nicotea. Let let's can Pepe do something to like maybe bring back some faith in us because I really don't have it. And if not, then all right. Well, you brought William. Apparently, William was supposed to win a Champions League title in three years. Which yeah, that's like uh, the the gif of of Charlie Mur- Rest in peace, Charlie Murphy. Of Charlie Murphy laughing, um, and from Chappelle's show, 
Um, but it's just no, it something needs to change for Arsenal. And and I think it's gonna start with, you know what, if if this season is really going towards relegation, and I don't want that to happen, but there needs to be a spark. You're seeing the young players. They're speaking now. You've seen them like that this wasn't enough. The young players who grew up Arsenal fans as well, because obviously they're they grew up in in there, they're English players. They don't they're not happy either. They know that this is not this is not what the fans deserve. They they're speaking out. Get those guys a shot. Give them their opportunity to at least salvage something of the season. Cause I think the spark right now is the young players. The inexperience, yes, you can take that. But if you're veteran players, the guys that you expect to have, once again, the discipline to come back in these situations or at least have the discipline to maybe parry the goal, the, the shot somewhere else instead of in the back of your own net. Like, something needs to change. And I just, unfortunately, I just don't think, as much as I love Obame, I think Obame is a great player, but he's just not the leader he's of not, this club. Yeah, he's not. He's not the leader. Same thing with Lacazette. As much as I like Lacazette, I think he's a good player. He's just not a leader. David Luiz, I don't like him, but he's not definitely not a leader. Someone needs to step up and be a leader. Someone needs to step up and finally say, like, okay, we're not taking this anymore. I'm done losing games. I'm done drawing. I need we need to win games. We need to win them now to save not only the season, but just save the team from staying in EPL. Cause obviously this 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 ownership is not giving them the money to go out and get players. Like, look, go sign some people, sign some players that we need. I, I'm not expecting Messi. You know, I'm not expecting Mbappe, but they need to sign some guys that can come in and produce, or at least if you're gonna bring them in, play them. Like, I mean, I didn't like the. I'm not. I wasn't thrilled about the Williams signing, but I mean, at this point, play them. Yeah. So I mean, like, things need to change with with Arsenal, and I think it's just one. The card says it needs to just get 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 him get get out of his ass. Like, get the head out, get his head out of his ass, and make some big changes. And we need to see a spark. We need someone to spark this team. Like either it's from the veteran group or maybe the young players are just tired of losing. Something needs to change with Arsenal. And and that is like literally the big issue, especially because once again, you're only two, you, you lost two to one and you're one of the reasons why the other team got two goals. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't because Everton had a great game. No, they didn't. They didn't. It's literally because you gave them the game. Yeah. You gave them the game. You handed the game to them. On a silver platter. And you didn't have any... Yes, you had moments up top. Yes, you had, you took shots. But once again, it wasn't satisfying. It wasn't... This wasn't like, oh, you know, it was a tough battle. No, it wasn't. It was literally a team that wasn't even playing their best and still managed to win the game. And Arsenal just kind of gave it to them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's sad to say with, with the, that team you expect to be up there, like in the top spots, you know, up there. Maybe even how how it was with uh, uh, what you call it, uh, Wagner, when it was fifth place, fourth place, fourth place. It was good enough. It was good enough. I mean, it was Champions League. Yeah, but you know, it's just right now, and I cannot reiterate this enough. And you know what I'm about to say, because I said it so many times. Where's the season? 
It's like I feel like we should have a whole different podcast. It's, it's the same. It's the same things we say over and over again with Arsenal. We need a spark. We need something. We need a change. We need a change. Where's Ozil? Like, we have Gunnar Saras. <laughs> I was like, dude, like, just let Ozil play. Show what he can show. You're paying this man all this money. What did, what did Ozil do? What did Ozil do aside from being Ozil? He's not, he's not, a, he, he, doesn't, he, he doesn't speak his mind. He doesn't speak against the club. As a matter of fact, he's defended he supports, the club. He supports the club. Whenever like, hey, you know, go Arsenal. Like, he'll put it on his Twitter. He'll put he it on his Instagram. The club. He, 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 he is all, like, he's all in for Arsenal. And unfortunately, Arsenal isn't all for him. And Mikel Arteta has been trying to dance around the questions about, what, hey, why are we not seeing Ozil? And he just keeps dancing around. He's like, okay, well, players are going to play when they can play. And I'm like, dude, the guy shows up at practice. The players love him. Everything about him. I dude, think Ozil I really is the spark. Ozil really is the spark. I I'm try, I was trying to not say it, but let's face it. Ozil is the spark. And I think the fact that the young players like him, he could change the game. The, the, the armband will be so much for, for coming from him and all the players will respect that. They will they will literally be like, all right, you know what? We got our captain back. Let's do this. And, and, and like I said, if Mikel doesn't do anything soon, he's not going to be the manager of Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Like, he's gone. If he keeps, especially if they get relegated. If yeah. they keep this, um, they're getting relegated, and that's it. Congratulations, Mikel Arteta. The best thing you ever did for Arsenal was get relegated. <laughs> that's your tenure. No yeah. one's going to talk about the FA Cup. No one's going to talk about the Community Shield. They're Everyone's going to talk about, talk about, about you relegate. You got Arsenal relegated. You a got club, Arsenal, a club a that has, club, a club that's probably been in the EPL for years. Go down I mean, to the championship. Imagine what Tierra Henry will think, bro. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm done talking about Arsenal. Whew. I think we just ranted over here get, for a long time. All right. Let's talk about the Asian Football Confederation or the AFC's Champions League final. Olsen Hyundai beats Paris Police 2-1. to Olsen Hyundai coming from uh, South Korea and Paris Police actually coming from Iraq or Iran. Nice. And so, um, Pespolis had possession with 58%. So, I mean, you know, they, they, it was, it was, I mean, it, always, wasn't, it wasn't too bad. It was only 8% more than half. So it's not like <clears throat> 24%. Yeah. That, that was the best team. That was the best team. Um, and Damn, then Wilson really Hyundai take- outshot, uh, outshot them 12 to 9. So once again, close game. This is what you want from a final. Obviously, a close score line. Yeah. This is what you want for your final. And the player to highlight, from Olson is Junior Negrao, who scores two goals in the 45th minute plus in, in stoppage time, and in the 55th minute in a penalty, which secures the win. And now Olson Hyundai will be the team representing the AFC going into the FIFA Club World Cups, if that's still a thing. Yeah. So I mean, congratulations to them. Um, you know, it's funny because we don't really talk about the the other leagues aside from MLS, Liga MX. Uh, we don't even talk about, honestly, we don't even talk about Argentina. We will be talking about the Copa Libertadores once they get closer to the final, but. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll definitely be, well, whenever the, 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 the other regions, Champions Leagues, we'll definitely talk about them when they get to their final. It's just, you know, obviously we have to do our homework. Cause like, you know, we don't follow these teams. Like, you know, we don't, <laughs> Olson Hyundai, like, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm an expert at Olson Hyundai, but. 
But uh, no, I mean, aside from that, this is a team that we will eventually be seeing, especially in the FIFA Club World Cups. So obviously, we're going to take notice of what these teams are, what that team is, rep- what that region is represented by. But anyways, congratulations to them. They won the tro- uh, they won the Champions League. And honestly, man, I saw their trophy. They're, I mean, take it for what you want. I think it's actually a pretty cool trophy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, shit. Uh, I wouldn't doubt it, honestly. It was, it was kind of like uh, similar to Ligon, like the the oh, nice. like a a circular as trophy. I wouldn't say a shield. It's not like the Bundesliga that has the the shield, but but it is definitely uh, yeah. it's an interesting looking trophy. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. It's pretty nice. Hmm. Right? Yeah. You can drink a good amount of tequila out of this, huh? Yeah. Well, what are they drinking in South Korea? Sake. I don't know. I think that's Japanese. Co- Korean beer? Korean beer? What do they drink? What If any one of our listeners knows what they drink in South Korea for a hard liquor, please let me know. Because I, I so want to know, actually. So I want to try it now. All right, man. So congratulations to Olsen Hyundai for winning the... AFC Champions League. Bravo, bravo. All right, man. So let me tell you guys about Unhinged Sports Network. It is a growing brand with a wide variety of sports podcasts from all around the country and the world, technically, because we do have a podcast from Canada. Um, Unhinged is is constantly playing shows on their website, unhingedsn.com. Go there there and listen to us on Thursdays at 11 a.m. Central Time and stay to listen to the rest of the great content available. Like, Far end of the bench podcast who want podcasts that you're who fucking cares. Um and check them out Damn. at unhinged Also follow them on Twitter at Network Unhinged. Hey, I mean, like I said, Spencer sold the show. That's all that matters. They they were singing to they were jamming to Rick Astley. They weren't they weren't jamming the far end of the bench. So Right. I wonder right. if they hear if they hear this and they're just be like, fuck you, man. Well, for <laughs> for the Canadians, for the Canadians and the podcast and stuff like that, all I gotta say is Colin Mockery and Ryan Stops. From whose name is it anyway? Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Who the hell are you I was thinking about? about I was thinking about sports and over here and then I throw I throw a whole different game, bro. Man, those guys are legends of the game. Hell yeah, bro. If we if we somehow manage to interview Drew Carey, that is that, that'd, that'd be, be awesome. That's <laughs> that satisfies a lot of things because we grew up watching Whose Line Is It Anyway. Hell Drew yeah. Carey is a former Marine. Uh, he's he's a part owner of the Seattle Sounders. I mean, oh, he, the guys, bro. I mean, I I mean, I don't know about you, but I did watch a Drew Carey show. I did too. It wasn't necessarily like, oh my god, Drew Carey show, but I mean, yeah. it was like, hey, Drew it was Carey's like before the Simpsons or King of the Hills yeah. or like, you know what? Might as well yeah, pop on, pop on some Drew the, Carey. The show. theme song was pretty catchy. Cleveland Rocks, yeah. Ohio, Ohio, Ohio. That show was pretty. It oh, had everything man. for you. But anyways, so shout out to uh. Unhinged Sports Network, for, man. For a second, I thought you were saying a shout out to Drew Carey. <laughs> like, wait, hold on. Oh, shout out to Drew Carey as well. All right, man. Who is your player of the week? All right. My player of the week is Robert Lewandowski from Bayern Munich. I feel like Robert Lewandowski is definitely the the, the runner up. <laughs> also, also, you got to give it to him. Didn't he win um player of the year award? He's the runner-up for Player of the Year. Oh, he's runner-up. I feel like we've said Holland's name more than we've said Lewandowski. No. Really? Yeah. Huh. Well, I know I have probably. Yeah. 
Both of them is coming from you. Both of them from me. Uh, <laughs> like I said, those are two of my favorite strikers. And ironically, they're both from opposite teams. But one did come from that team, you know, from Dortmund. Yeah. All right. But, so. uh, but yeah, he scored two goals in the Bears win, two to one against Leverkusen. A much needed. We said it. We told y'all. Yeah. As much as that Leverkusen looked really good, I mean, I'll give it to them. And then that goal that they scored, beautiful Dude, goal. Amazing. But once again, it's Bayern Munich. You can't count them out. There's a reason why they are still the, t- until proven wrong, they are going to be the team that wins the Bundesliga in everybody's eye until somebody can prove us wrong and compete against them. And not, not like a team that catches them by, by surprise, like a Hoffenheim. I'm talking about like Somebody a legitimate consistent. contender. And let's face it, no offense to Hoffenheim, but they're not a contender. No. <laughs> Bayern Leverkusen, this was their shot. It's, 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 it's like, it's like the Avengers where it's like, you gotta, you should aim for the head. You shouldn't have went for the body. You gotta go for the head. This is a team. Once again, you gotta take them with haymakers. You can't let them come up. And clearly what happened? Bayern Munich was down one to nothing. And what they do, they let they let Robert Lewandowski be Robert Lewandowski mm-hmm. and destroy him. And let's face it, man, the guy, I don't know how old he is, but I'm sure he's like 33 or something like that. He's, uh, I believe he's uh, 31, 32. So. 31, 32. He's, he's my age. Oh, I mean, I that's so. literally the age you want for an experienced striker. And I mean, the guy's fit as hell. I mean, he probably could play till he's like in his 40s. Yeah, yeah. Probably shouldn't, and, but and And the thing is, at that age, He's still playing at one of the top leagues and at the top team. Okay, top top team I'll give you, but not so much about the Bundesliga. I mean, no, think about it. Bundesliga, when you see I mean the Bundesliga has gotten better. I'll give yeah, you that. No, and that's the thing. Like when you see the when you see the German teams go to the Champions League, which most of the time is Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund, Leverkusen, Leipzig at times. I mean, they still they put up they put up a hell of a match. To anybody from any country, so it's like that. That that's what I consider one of the top leagues in the in the, in the, in the world, where La Liga, EPL, uh, Calcio. Even though you you already know who wins in Calcio, this is freaking Juventus, Juventus, Juventus. You know, but it's like they also play with some high tier teams. That's that's what I'm getting at. No, so. okay, okay, I, I agree. But yeah, so Robert Lewandowski. I mean. Like I said, Robert Lewandowski was going to Robert Lewandowski. Bayern Leverkusen messed up by not keep going. They didn't. I got once again, once again using the metaphor, going out and putting out some haymakers on Bayern Munich. Because guess what, Hoffenheim, what they do, they they hit up some haymakers on them. That's why they won mm-hmm. against Bayern Munich. This is a team you can't give them even a glimpse. Two goal leads isn't even enough. You need to put them down and down early. In order to have a legitimate shot against the team at Bayer Leverkusen, I'm sorry, they just didn't do it. I mean, yeah, they there's a reason. Up. There's a reason why by both of us said Bayern Munich is going to win this yep, game. Like, yep, we said yep. that with full confidence mm-hmm. because it's Bayern Munich, Bayer Leverkusen. Yes, cool. You're having a cute start of the season, but let's face it, we all know who's going to be lifting <laughs> that. We all know who's lifting that shield by the end of the season. Yeah, and that's Bayern Munich. Whoa. Who's your player of the week? So my player is Luis Suarez. Mm-hmm. He scored two goals in Atletico Madrid's win, three to one against Elche. Yes, it's Elche. I get that, but I mean, I mean, it's Luis Suarez. He's gonna do his thing, just like Robert Lewandowski. Luis Suarez is gonna lose. Okay, maybe not. Okay, Luis Suarez is gonna. Luis Suarez usually means he's gonna fight somebody, <laughs> but I mean, 
he did his thing. He scored goals. Um, there's a reason why Atletico Madrid was very confident in making this move to get him from Barcelona. Yes, he's up there in age, but we know what this guy can do. And him and Diego Costa, I mean, they've been they've been the pair. Yep, yep. I agree. That was good. And I'm sure Spence loved that. No, he was excited for that, for sure. When you hear this, Spence, send a thumbs up. Maybe Luis Suarez uh, saw, the, saw the video of, of Spencer singing and got him pumped up. Right. That's what happened. That's what happened. Don't don't anybody change make you think differently, Spencer. You did it. You got Luis Suarez his groove. That's why he scored two goals. He was never gonna let give you up. He was never gonna let you down. All right, man. So this is gonna be a little different because we don't have any games to preview. Um. So, you know what? Like it's Christmas. Yeah, it's Thursday, the twenty fourth. Christmas, Christmas Eve. Well, Christmas Eve for uh. Not in Hispanic. Hispanic, this is technically, this is where we do our Christmas stuff. So, but what also is coming up, at least in the soccer world, is the transfer window. Yep. So, me and Edward actually pulled our four clubs. Well, not our four clubs, but four clubs that we support. Um, And we're going to... um. Give us our Christmas wish list for the transfer window. So this doesn't mean that we're going to maybe say specific players, maybe just a position that maybe needs to be addressed or maybe could be better, can be improved. Anything to help our clubs maybe either improve their current situation or maybe solidify themselves up top or maybe even put themselves in contention for the Champions League. So that is really what it is. So we're going to kick things off with the EPL, Edward. You want to start things off with your first team on your wish list? All right. So my first team is Manchester United. And there's this one actually involves a rumor or, you know, transfer rumor. Go on. So apparently, Juventus is ready to get back Paul Pogba from Manchester United. But they're willing to give up Dybala. And bear with me because they're... I really have hard ass time saying these names. Gadhan, uh, Bernard, Bernard, help me out here. Bernadette? There you go. I can't. I can't see. I have. I have. I can't see these names. I'm sorry. But yeah, Bernadette and Dybala for Paul Pogba. Quite the swap. Mm-hmm. So. And I, I believe, I think this is this, this does two things. I think the Bala clearly has just had an issue fitting in with what Juventus is doing right now, so it makes sense for him to have a change of scenery. And then obviously, Pogba is just not happy in, in Manchester United. He's not even playing. And I think you give Manchester United a a solid spark, a player that can maybe could con- uh, complement with Edison Cavani or Marcus Rashford. Or, or whoever you have up top, Paulo Dybala could be that guy up top, could play in the wing, could play in the in the midfield as well. Um, this is just kind of like your uh, your own essential Swiss army knife of a player that you could just plug him anywhere and he could be a very vital player for your team. Um, so I think it definitely could, Paulo Dybala could definitely improve. And I mean, Bernadette is also a solid player in yeah. the midfield as well. Yeah. I'm not trying to take that away from him. But obviously, Dybala would be the, the player to mention because this would essentially be a number 10 
for Manchester United. And maybe that's what they're missing in the midfield is a solid number 10. He's not going to get the number 10 jersey. But I mean, yeah. but that's that t- the number 10 role, that guy that you can know that he's going to be reliable and he can live up to it. And I think maybe it is time to see Paul Dybala in, 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 in the EPL or maybe just in a different league besides the Serie A. I think he's done all that you can do in the Serie A and with Juventus aside from winning a Champions League title. But I think, yeah, it is time for Paul Dybala to go elsewhere. And, and maybe he's not necessarily happy right now in Juventus because, once again, he's not playing. Yeah. So And Pogba is it, a guy that's not playing. And I think him going back to Juventus, I think one, a, a league that he's very familiar with, with a club that he's very, obviously fairly familiar with, with a, with a manager who he once played with, yeah. Um. So I think this gives Paul Dybala maybe I'm mean, not the ball. Uh, Pogba, that 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 spark, that that love for the game again, where he's now not just hoping for international breaks to happen. Now he's gonna be happy. And then, it, holy shit! Now you got Weston McKinney teaming up with Paul Pogba. No, and then, and the thing is, I think this is a very likely scenario because if you remember correctly, I believe it was last transfer period last year. Um. Paulo Dybala, they had already reached an agreement. Manchester United had reached an agreement with Juventus. And then when Manchester United went to go talk to Paulo Dybala, Dybala was like, he basically said, no, um, I guess he didn't want to join the team at that time. But now, it's looking more likely, if anything. Because I'm pretty sure now it's going to be a two-player swap for a one-player swap. And, I mean, Manchester United has the money to offer Dybala a hefty wage as long uh, along with so, okay. So I think it's a highly likely thing. But what about you? All right. So stick, sticking in the appeal, obviously we're talking about Arsenal. All right. So I could say a midfielder, even though that's something that I said, like maybe Arsenal doesn't really need a midfielder. I think personally that they're the midfield, the spark for the attack is already in the roster, just that they doesn't get played, which obviously is Mr. Ozil. Um, but the backline needs to be addressed. I mean, the backline has been a glaring issue. It's been a constant. And I'm not hating the Gabriel move. This isn't me saying that I hate the Gabriel move. I think Gabriel was a great addition to the back line. It's just that he's young and I need an experienced center back. I like the I like the fullback position. Like I I'm I'm obviously you know I like I like Nathan Miles. And I, I'm okay with Bellerin. I like um I like uh Tierney. Like there's nothing and Cedric as well. Like I'm okay with the fullback position. I like Gabriel. They need a just an experienced center back, someone that can come in and be that leader in the back line, give Leno some help in that in that area, and someone that can be vocal and be that leader. Because once again, also the other issue is I don't see a leader in Arsenal right now. I mean, well, technically there probably is a leader right now, but once again, he's not playing. Um, but they need a sig- like a significant player that can speak up, be that guy that rallied this team when they're in these situations. Because once again, David Luiz ain't that guy. No offense to Obama, but he ain't that guy. No offense to Lacazette, but he ain't that guy. We need a solidified leader in the center back position. So I would definitely love that Arsenal to go find that leader to take over the center back. Now, I thought of Thiago Silva, but clearly now he's with, with Chelsea. I thought that that would have been the right move to make when he was leaving PSG. Should have been the move. They didn't do it. That's their own fault. Now, is there any player in, sp- in particular that I kind of have in mind? Not necessarily, but there is a player that I like over in Borussia Mönchengladbach, which is Matthias Ginter. Mm-hmm. And I think he's a very solid, tall center back, definitely athletic, 
maybe not necessarily in the age part, but has a lot of experience, competed with the with the World Cup winning uh, Germany team. So I think that this could be the guy to give that back line the oomph, that leader right away. And I think that could be the right way to go for Arsenal. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that sounds like a damn good, that'd be a good, uh, how would you say, a good purchase. I don't know why, but I was thinking of... um, I would have also thrown in um, TT, but obviously he's kind of having some injury issues, so I wouldn't... Well, I was going to say, what about um, Sven Bender? Oh, I would take it. I would love. I, would love that. I was thinking. I don't know why, but I felt like no. I mean, that, that, that hits. That hits. What I, that hits as well. But I just think with Bender, obviously, like what he's like thirty-one. He's thirty-one. So I mean, obviously, thirty-one is a great age for center backs. I think that's a really good age. Isn't that the age that Diego Silva ended up joining PSG? Or no? No, he was a little younger. He's a lot younger. Okay. I mean, what he's like thirty. He's, he's, he's up there in age. I know that much. But but yeah, so I mean, no, Bender, what, once again, a leader. This isn't me like saying, oh, let's go find a 20-something-year-old center back. No, I mean, you need an experienced ages 28 to 32 center back that can come be a leader, not Socrates. We need, <laughs> we need a solidified leader, a vocal guy, a guy that the, can this team rally behind this guy that can really set the example for this team. And I th- it's just Arsenal needs leaders. They have some solid young players in Arsenal. They need a leader. Once again, Abame, not that guy. Lacazette, not that guy. Freaking, freaking David Luiz, definitely not that guy. Xhaka, get the fuck out of here. Wow. Now, there is some rumors. There's a rumor right now that Inter Milan is interested in Xhaka somehow. And they're willing to give us Ericsson. Yes, we're tri- we're basically swapping players that we don't want yeah, for each other. Yeah. But I will gladly take Ericsson right now because that he dude, would actually. He would uh, actually. You want a spark? That's a spark. <laughs> yes, he's not been. He's not living up right now to Inter Milan. Well, but you know what? I think he's an EPL player. He's not a. He's not a Serie A player. He's an EPL player. I think. I think he would be a good team captain. Like if you if you can't get Ozil back on the field, I think Ericsson would be a, a good. Uh, how do I say a good alternative to Ozil? Compared to anybody else on that team right now, totally agree. I mean, every right now it's in the point where they're like any position could be upgraded. But yeah, true, true. But like I said, I didn't really speak on the midfield only because I think that the player is there already. It's just that they don't use them. Yeah. But the center back position, the player is not there. Even with David Luiz, the player is not there. Yeah, I don't hear much about David Luiz. Not really. So, Santa, you heard that. All right, man. Now we're going to La Liga, and Edward, who is your player? Uh, my or, team. Well, what's your what's your what's your wish list? <laughs> my wish list is for Barcelona. Um, to okay, so it's kind of complicated with me. I wish Messi would somehow be happier. So that way that spark is there again. Right now with Fati being injured, I don't see that spark in him right now. Even though he's saying, we're going to win this, we're going to win the league, we're going to win everything. Like he's trying to reassure, but it doesn't seem like he's trying to reassure everybody else. It's like he's trying to reassure himself. So I want 
I want to see that spark just like that. I want to see that spark back in Messi. And honestly, right now with Fatih out and Dembele in, I, I feel like maybe Dembele shouldn't be in it. I feel like he should be another player. Honestly, honestly, um, Pedri, Pedri's a, I think Pedri's a, a hell of a, of a player. I, I would like to see um, Conrad de la Fuente play more. Like, but, but what's your wish list? My wish transfer list? Transfer Okay, my bad. Ooh, I went off in a hole a little different. You, you you told me a straight pass right here, and I took a fucking right ass turn. Um, um, defensive wise, to fix up Barcelona, they need it. They need a back. They they need a back bad. Like you said, Umtiti has injury problems. Pique, he's not. He's not to put your standard, in my opinion, and. He he's been with the club forever. I mean, shit. So, but, with that being said, like, is there like what specific center back are you looking for? Uh, honestly, can't can't really point. Can't really put a player on there. I don't have a specific player in mind. You just want an improvement just, in the center back position. I just need an improvement in the center back position. I mean, you got Sergino Des on the right back, bro. You good. Jordi Alba, he's still got some playing time to do. He's still showing up. Um, Lenglet, I mean, he's he's good. I like him. I like him. But I feel like Pique is just okay. Like he's not he's not there no more. Like he, come on, World World Cup champion. Uh, I just he's won Champions League as well with Barcelona, but he's not that. He's not he's not where I felt that Puyol saw him. Okay. I honestly feel like that's that's exactly what the deal is. All right, so center back, just just center back that can instantly just be center put back. into that starting lineup. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. For me, for Real Madrid, um, I feel like Real Madrid is obviously good where they are. They have a lot of players. They are, they have they're very they have an abundance of talent. There is the rumors about Isco possibly leaving Real Madrid in this transfer period, um, uh, which is much needed. I just think it's, it's it needs to be done. It's it's true, but. Real Madrid asking a lot for them or for him, so I I, I think someone's going to take it. There's going to be a team that just needs a a, a midfielder of of his skill set. Arsenal, actually, yeah, unfortunately, yes, it is Arsenal. Arsenal is in the run is actually in the running for him. Um, but anyways, aside from that though, I feel like honestly, I think Real Madrid has plenty of talent and talent across their roster. I mean. Maybe forward might be a position that maybe needs to be addressed, but that's going to be addressed in the summer, especially when they go all in for Mbappe. So I don't necessarily think that that's a drastic need right now. I think Benzema has done a really good job and has done a really good job to keep his job right now and Jovic to just stay on the bench. Um, but, you know, obviously on the winger side, you have stacked wingers. You have Lucas, Luis, Lucas Vasquez. Um, you have Rodrigo. You have uh, Vinicius. You have Asensio. Um, has there whenever he decides to be healthy. <laughs> you have a, a very stacked midfield. You have center backs for sure. I mean, you have Nacho Fernandez. You have Sergio Ramos. You have Varane. You have uh, Militao. You have fullbacks. Marcelo, uh, Mendy, Carvajal, Oriazola. So you're stacked in damn near every position. But with Isco possibly being out of the way, you need to maybe add a fielder to rotate, especially because the fact is because Modric, he's up there in age. He's not going to be able to play every single game like he used to, especially in the level in La Liga. 
So you definitely need somebody to come in and, and rotate with him, and especially more of a defensive midfielder. Give Casemiro also some rest as well. Because, I mean, let's face it, that guy's probably being worked like a, uh, like a workhorse right now. So maybe a little bit of a defensive-minded midfielder that can come in and give Casemiro the much-needed break. Just a rotated player. Not necessarily has to be like a, a guy that's going to be playing every single game. Just someone that can come in and give Casemiro some rest or give Modric some rest as well. Okay, so uh, a mid player, basically, what you're asking. Nobody in particular? Um, Nobody in particular. I mean, I, I would take Kamavinga, but mm-hmm. I think you kind of want to see what he does right now in, in France before you. I think that's more of a summer move necessarily than like, because he's not going to be like a guy that can, you can maybe feel confident he'll come in right away and be productive. But maybe a little someone just with some experience that can come in and be part of that rotation. Okay. Let me ask you this. Conte. Actually, yeah, Conte. I wouldn't, so I wouldn't take I would not say no to Conte. Honestly, for what Real Madrid is, I would even say Xhaka wouldn't be a terrible idea. Hmm. Wow. Because I think Xhaka is not necessarily exactly like Casemiro, but a player that's so you know. Maybe not as defensive, strong as Casemiro is, but has a really good outside-the-box shot, just like Casemiro does. And I think maybe with Real Madrid, maybe their culture can definitely get him out of, get his head out of his ass and actually be a productive player. So, I mean, I don't think Jacques is a terrible player. I think in the right situation, he could be something. Arsenal just doesn't want him, and, I, and I'm, I'm there with it. But so, I think if he goes to a team more established and more has more expectations, I think that can change a lot for Gran and Chaka. All right, all right. Okay, so Kante, if anything, Chaka, you agree with me? Yeah. Okay. Sounds good, sounds good. All right, going into Serie A. Oh, Juventus. For me. Um, I mean, transfer-wise, the Pogba transfer would actually be a benefit. And like you said, It'd be pretty awesome. McKinney playing with Paul Pogba in the mid. Um, so, I mean, I guess you technically already covered. Yeah, pretty much. I already covered that off. So, so I mean, that's already pretty so, easy. So, yeah. It's uh, basically getting Paul Pogba back. Okay. All right, man. So, for me, it's AC Milan. And honestly, I got to say, man, just boost the attack. I mean, this team's already pretty solid. I like their back line. I like their midfield. I like everything that this team has. Maybe just give them that little bit more attack. And I mean, that's not saying a lot. I mean, obviously, when you get Slatan back with this young group of players, I mean, they're they're looking pretty nasty already as it is. Yeah. But if you, especially when you're going to go up against the Juventus, you definitely, once again, you got to go with Haymaker. This isn't a team that you got to give them a one-goal lead or a two-goal lead. This is a team that can come back at any moment, especially with CR7 up top, especially with the, the plethora of options that they have in Juventus. So I think if you... Maybe not necessarily a forward, maybe a winger. Maybe add yourself another winger to that team. Just get that that attack a little bit more scarier. All right, all right, all right. Any player in mind or no? Um, <laughs> shockingly enough, Dembele. No. I think Dembele would fit very well in Syria. I think the pressure isn't as high as it is in Barcelona. Um, granted, obviously AC Milan's on, on the verge of trying to rebuild the team back to its glory days, but I don't think the pressure is going to be there. I think he can be more relaxed knowing that he has a guy like Zlatan, has a guy like Rafael Leao, has guys like, uh, um, 
Kessier and and just, he just has a team that maybe the pressure's a little bit less on him. AC Milan is not necessarily a pressured uh, a situation. This the Serie A isn't a pressured situation where it is at Barcelona and La Liga. I think he can be more relaxed in, in the Serie A and more relaxed in 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 AC Milan. I think this would be a good place for him. Once again, he's going to have a a more comfortable situation with having I mean, he's still going to be pressured by Slatan cuz Slatan obviously has his expectations, but of course. I, but I think Dembélé will not necessarily have all the press that he gets like he would in Barcelona. Yeah, so. All right. Okay. I can see that. I can see that. All right, man. And endings in Germany. All right. For me, Borussia Dortmund. Um, first off, there's a lot of transfer news going that Haaland's going to go to Real Madrid, Man U, Man City, basically a lot of big name teams. My wish is for him to stay at Dortmund. Don't pull Lewandowski. At least listen. To stay. To stay. That that is basically what I want. Is there any any particular player, any position that you want to get upgraded or not? Well he lost against Union Berlin this past this past match. Um I think it was just it's just little mistakes here and there. Something you could just tweak. It's something tweakable, you know, and so I'm not I'm not too sad about it. Um, honestly, I'm okay with where they're at, so I I think I'm okay. Or you know what? Not a transfer, a manager. Jesse, go get Jesse March. <laughs> yeah, just take him away from Aubrey Salzburg. Yes, yeah. I would look, actually enjoy look, that. Man. Austria is cool and everything, but it's not the Bundesliga. Yeah, exactly. Actually, that's all, honestly the only selling point. <laughs> I mean, really, yeah. it's, I don't think it's come, really come, much. Coming to Borussia Dortmund, <laughs> actually, get the, you the, Reina probably, the, to him. probably the, the 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 negotiators like, look, man, Dortmund wants him sold. You don't want me to explain it? No, sold. So, you, you sure? Like, I stop talking. You got your yes. <laughs> Can you please just stop talking, bro. Yeah, but that that's that's uh, what I want. So manage, get a manager. Yeah, get the manager. Get just March. All right, man. So obviously on my end is Bayern Munich. And Bayern Munich is just, they're stacked everywhere they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing really much else to say, but you know what? Go and poach more youth talent. I, that's what I'm going to say. Let's face it, man. This team isn't getting any younger. And I mean, I mean, as much as we think that Robert Lewandowski is a giant robot, <laughs> um, and Thomas Mueller, even though he just turned thirty, looks old as fuck. And um, and you know, let's face it, uh, Manuel Neuer, he's he's getting up there in age as well. It's time to go and steal some more young players from elsewhere and add them to your team, and just keep the play, just keep the team where it is, keep the status quo, and make sure that they're still winning Bundesliga titles. So go ahead and poach some more young talent, and um. Just so, because the rich get richer when you're in Bayern Munich. Hell yeah! I mean, shit, Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich is just a beast altogether. So. And once again, that's one of those teams. Like, hey, look, Bayern Munich. Yes, you don't want my pitch. No. Nope. Just, they want me. I'm playing. Just sign me. Yeah. Just give me your. 
You can even give me the most obscure number you want. Give me 47. Like, give, give me 112. <laughs> give me the Mexican number. The Mexican number. Give me 112. Bro, when I see like Liga MX and when I see someone with like 235, I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? Do they have 235 at the academy? Yes. Like 235 kids at the academy? I have no idea. That's what I'm saying. It's like, good. like it's only in Mexico that you see that nowhere else has. Maybe I don't know. El, El Bofo was the first one, I think, to pull out the 99. No, he had a hundred. Oh, he had a hundred, right? Yeah, because I remember. Uh, so in, in in high school, um, I I mean I didn't play with them, but I mean because I remember uh, Ramiro. Oh. Ramiro, he was wearing a a one hundred or one hundred jersey. And I'm just like, why, dude? That's so fucking stupid. Anyway, yeah, I think someone else wore a hundred and one. I was like, I think, I think, I think, what Dalmatians? Yeah, right. Yeah, but I think it became a common thing. It's because of the buffalo. Yeah. So, yeah, but so we covered our bases there for our Christmas wish list. I think, I think, honestly, these these moves can either improve their situation or make themselves even more solidified to be a champion somewhere. Yeah, yeah, in something. Mm -hmm. Exactly. All right, man. It's that time. Time for three up, three down. All right. All right, man. Today's topic is movie slash TV references. Right. So a little bit broader, but I thought it would work out. All right, man. So Spencer did send me his bottom his bottom three and his top three. So we'll start with the bottom three. Um, and his first, well, his number three is Super Babies Two. Um. According to Spencer, it was because of the talking babies. Yeah, but it's like the movie's not that good unless you're high. You know what I mean? Fair point. Right. Um, and then number two is Avatar: The Last Airbender. No, um, he said he 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 had something to do with the. Uh, was it? Um, yeah, I got it over. Here. Okay, so he said it was like the. The Avatar was, oh yeah, only because it drew, uh, what? Where the fuck is the, uh, oh, the M. Night Shyamalan, really? You mean the horrible but good Goosebumps movie, but no sequel? For fuck's sake, oh god, he goes on a rant, that's what's going on here. Oh, so I guess he was, so, he was anticipating a second Avatar? He's like, yeah, I feel like Avatar The Last Enemy, only because it drew me in, and where the fuck are the sequels? Come on, bruh. I was like, well, okay, Spence, don't 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 hate me for this, but I didn't like a, a, the last Airbender, not I, Avatar. I think I think the consensus was nobody liked the the live action Avatar. Apparently, movie. Spence did. Well, good for Spence. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. yeah, exactly. But I guess he didn't like. And I it. wasn't really that big of an Avatar fan, to be honest. Like, I mean, yeah, when it came out on Nickelodeon, I watched a few episodes, but I was like, it's just dragging the fuck on. Like, I was like. Like, let's go. Let's get to let's get to the good shit. But obviously, we're like watching Aang like master the other the other bending techniques, and it was just kind of like, you know what? I I just can't watch this anymore. I'm tired of the comedy between the 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 weird dorky brother that 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 the girl had. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so mm -hmm. I wasn't that big into Avatar to be honest. Like, uh, I like I watched I the live it. action movie just because I was like, okay, well, I'm familiar with the 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 show. No, I so. love the cartoon, man. The cartoon. So is awesome. I watched the movie, and I was like, yeah, this movie sucks. Yeah, the movie was. God awful. Yeah. It wasn't the worst thing though. <laughs> Cause it at least it wasn't Pacific Rim. At least it wasn't Dragon Ball. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> that that is way to ruin a lot of people's childhood. Oh, by, by the way, my shit. I never even I never finished watching. I literally did. They even had a video game for it. You know that, right? For the, the based on the movie? Yeah, on the PSP. I'm go- nobody bought that. Could have fooled sure. me. Yep. Could have fooled me. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. I'm throwing this shit in the trash. Yep. All right, man. So, so that's number two, and then number one is the fly. So, I mean, he says he doesn't hate it, but it gave him nightmares as a kid. And anytime he would saw a fly, <laughs> his little fat ass would take off running like a fuck this shit. <laughs> I mean, okay. So, if you never saw the fly, um, if you ever watched like the Simpsons did a reference to the to the fly because. Uh, when, oh, when, yeah, when the, Bart te- the teleportation, the yeah. teleportation thing where he grabbed the fly and they went inside, and then his like the fly took over his body, but then he became a fly. It, essentially, that was basically what the movie was. He made an experiment, um, and then he, in the process, became a fly, and it was just really disturbing because obviously, when he's like in transition, like it's not like instantly he becomes a fly. It's like it's a process. It's like animorphs and shit. And it, it was shows you. It, 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 like, but it wasn't all like. All within minutes of him turning, it was like it, it drew, and it was just like ugly. It, it was it was it was traumatic. I mean, like I, I'll give it to to him for that. It was uh, traumatizing. I haven't seen it, so I don't plan on. All right, so would you like to go first? Or you want me to go first? Uh, okay, I'll go first. Yeah, go first. All right, at number three, and this is gonna this is gonna shock some people, but. It's not so much. I I find it hilarious, but it does get annoying when people scream it out. But pivot from Friends. Oh yeah. As much as I love Friends, as much as I enjoy the show Friends, it just it gets annoying because obviously when whenever you're 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 moving, and I've done this before. I'm not saying I'm not I'm not I'm not doing this either. But when people like whenever like anything involving like carrying something upstairs or just carrying something in general and someone yells out, Pivot! Right. <laughs> Pivot. <laughs> shut up, shut up, shut up. So it, it does get annoying. It's like, it's funny when you're watching the episode, but then when you have everybody, especially because, I mean, let's face it, everybody's seen Friends. At least majority of the world has seen Friends. Yeah. At least majority of the United States has seen Friends. Mm-hmm. And so when you have a bunch of people yell out, Pivot! I mean, like it's just like um, it, it. It gets a little annoying, so that's yeah. why. As much as I love Friends, as much as I find that comical that scene is, it does get annoying. It does yeah. get annoying to hear Pivot. <laughs> so I get you. I get you, bro. Ain't no shame in that. Ain't no shame in that. All right. So at number two, um, and this is from How I Met Your Mother. I was annoyed of of Ted and Robin's thing was whenever someone said something that sounded like a military rank with this. And so like whenever like corporal punishment, then they did the little salute like corporal punishment. I hated it. I hated wow. it. Cause okay, so like okay, so it's not maybe because like the military in me. Major Melton. Major Melton. So that made sense though, because it was like it's a major, so you salute an officer. But you don't salute a fucking corporal. You don't salute a fucking private. And so, it's like, you know, like, uh, I forgot what they, when they, they said something with private and it was like, oh, See, private video, yeah, private video. Yeah. So I'm like, you don't salute a fucking private. So I thought it was so fucking stupid. 
But that was the point. That, like literally, that was the point of their little gimmick was that it yeah. was stupid. But obviously, like a mil, like someone that was in the military, like I was, and you, you're just the, their thought process is you salute a fucking private or a fucking corporal. I get major or general. Uh, that I get, but like you don't salute fucking enlisted. That's what, that's my logic. And so I was like, this is so fucking stupid. Like who, who thought that this would be witty in any sense? And so, like that's 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 the reason why I I I I don't like that from How I Met Your Mother. Even though, once again, I love How I Met Your Mother. Actually, as a matter of fact, I'm binging that right now. That's what I'm currently binging on. <laughs> but yeah, I I fucking hate that. I hated that. Wow. Hmm. Wow. Well, do you have anything to say or no? You do you understand why or yep? Okay, like you said you're in the military. So. All right, and then number one, and th- these are all. Shows or movies that I love, and this movie is Seven. I love the movie Seven. It's so such a good movie. Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt, Gwyneth Paltrow, Kevin Space, spectacular uh, cast, and all that. I hate it. Is kind of similar to what Pivot is. What's in the box? Uh, I don't remember this. It, you never have you ever seen Seven? I think I have, but it was like years ago. Okay, so in, in the uh, well, this movie's been out for us, so it's not a fucking spoiler. So in the fi- in the final moments of the movie, they finally had the like the the guy that they've been trying to hunt down, like the, the guy that's been killing people, and um, you know, he he his whole the reason why it's called Seven is because based on the seven deadly sins, mm-hmm. and so um, Brad Pitt's character was technically Rage was that was the, his goal was to get him because he's a, 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 a gets easily angry. And so when they're trying to figure out what he was doing or like what all, all, all this stuff, a box gets shipped and it's, it has the head of his wife, of Brad Pitt's wife. Mm. And so Morgan Freeman, he opens the box, sees what it is. He gets disgusted. And then, you know, like he's trying, uh, Kevin Spacey's character, who's the murderer, is trying to get Brad Pitt rattled up and, right, right, and right. do something that would be terrible, which is kill him. And, and so. You know, like the next thing you know, like he's, uh, you know, Brad Pitt's like, what's in the box? And then Morgan Freeman's not saying anything. He's like, what's in the box? What's in the box? Like he starts doing that. So whenever people are like, here, what's in the box? Then everybody's just, what's in the box? What's in the box? I can see that. Okay. And actually, how I mentioned about it did make a reference to it. And they yeah. also pointed out how fucking annoying that can be. Oh, yeah. And that's actually one of my bad, one of my downs. So, well, yeah. that, uh, You'll see. You'll see. You're here. You're but yeah, here. so to reiterate my my bottom three, it is pivot from friends, um, a major major meltdown from from how I met your mother, and what's in the box from seven. All right, all right. So my number three, and that one I have to say is gonna be. Hmm, Okay, so I, I, you know me, I love the movie The Departed, right? But like, like I said, that's one of my. It's annoying as fuck. It's like so. Any they don't even they don't even say it this many times. They don't even say, "Are you a cop?" What they say with that accent? That boss. Uh, the 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 the. The the when he's like, Jack are you Nicholson a, scene? Yeah, when he starts like, yeah, beating him with. He a, started with a beating, are you a cop? Are you a cop? And of course, as soon as they hear it, the one time, the one fucking time, 
Are you a cool-off? Are you a cool-off? With that bad Boston accent. Oh, come on, dude. That movie's been out for so long. You don't have to read it all the fucking time. Ugh. It's annoying. It's annoying. It's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's really annoying. So that's my number three. My number three. Um, my number two uh, would have to be um, let me see. Um, this one, I have to go with, okay, The Simpsons. Whenever Mars would get annoyed, <laughs> they exactly, shut the fuck up. <laughs> exactly. They, that nagging or that <laughs> whatever. For years, that shit would always, Homer would do something stupid. I agree. Talk to the man. Don't just go. <laughs> so, it, that shit annoyed the crap out of me in it. And her voice, Homer, like oh, I was like, God, oh, jeez, man. But the, but that that specific, okay, I get that. So that was my number two, Marge Simpson's disappointed grunt with basically Homer. Okay, anytime Homer did something stupid or even he was like, oh, I'm gonna do this. Yeah, okay, that shit just threw me off big time. And my number one, uh, I have to say, um. Um, on this one, it's gonna be Family Guy. Okay, Family Guy. Or you know what? I take it back. Take it back. Rewind. Uh, South Park. Oh my God! You killed Kenny. You didn't like you didn't like that. I liked it for the first couple of seasons. Then after a long time, it just kept getting annoying. That Kenny kept dying. Kenny kept dying. But then the thing is like. Anybody would be like, hey, did you see the episode? Did you see how Kenny died that one time? Oh, yeah. When they were like, oh, my God, you killed Kenny. And all of a sudden, you hear something in the background. You bastard. Like, come on, dude. Like, that's annoying as fuck. Like, we're talking. We're having a conversation. Somebody shows up out of nowhere. You bastard. Like, come on, dude. Like, okay. Okay. I get it. It's annoying. It's constant, too. It's like, it's not just that one time. It's always like, oh, someone killed Kenny. Now, and then, even then, even then, you hear it as a reference to anything. Like, you're playing video games online, like Call of Duty. Oh my god, they killed Rifle. You bastard. Like, they just fucking use it like <laughs> okay. that. I'm like, oh, come on. Alright, man, I get that. Alright, so. so let's go to the top three. So the top three for Spencer is number three, coming to America. So there's a scene where, uh, uh, you know, obviously Hakeem hands a bag full of money to two homeless guys when he's on a date. And the two guys that were the homeless guys were actually from the movie Trading Places. Which was another Eddie Murphy movie. Yeah. So that was a, a really cool reference to a movie that he was in. And then number two was Fast and the Furious when Luda spits his beer when The Rock says, shut up with your big ass forehead. Right. Which is, I guess, like a reference to The Rock. To the WWE. The WWE yeah. Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, and then number one, Toy Story's nod to The Shining. Uh, oh, uh, when he's like, ears. I forgot what that scene that was in Toy Story. Was it Woody doing that? No. Was it? Uh, I don't know. Can't remember. So, is it? Was it? I think it was Sid. You... Oh yeah, 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 it was Sid. Okay. But yeah, so all right, so that's his bottom. That's his top three. So my top three. I'm. I'm gonna. I actually do love. love this one. Um, that's what she said. Yeah. Uh-huh. From from obviously the. 
I mean, I feel like maybe that's what she said has been out for a while, but uh, that's what she said from the office was one of my favorite lines because that was an ongoing gag. And not only was it just Michael Scott, but it was also like multiple characters with Jim, Dwight, uh, Jan, Jan. And I, I love one of the one like it was like a a little detail, but it was when uh, Creed actually mouthed out. That's what she said in a in a in a conference room scene. No, that was Jim. No, that was Creed. That was Jim. It was Creed. That was Jim. It was Creed. There is, I literally put it on my Snapchat once. I even saw it like when Creed actually mouthed out, that's what she said. All right, I'm going to have to rewatch stuff. It's all over again. Yeah, too bad it's not on Netflix anymore. No, it is. Well, it's a near the end of it being on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's going to be on the cock, the peacock. That's what she said. Yep. But yeah, so number three, that's what she said. Mm-hmm. Number two, uh, um, <laughs> I'm already pulled over. I can't pull over any further. Oh, from Super Trooper. Well, yeah. no, he's already pulled over. You can't pull over any further. That's one of my favorite. That's well, that's like the beginning of Super Troopers. Yeah, and that it's was, the very beginning. When it starts out like that, I was like, okay, this movie's gonna make me laugh the whole time. Yeah. And it's a but yeah, that scene littering and littering and littering and oh snozzberry tastes like snozzberries. It's <laughs> a freaking glass in it. So yeah, so I love that. I love that. That's my favorite line from the the whole movie was just that. that <laughs> I'm already pull over, man. I'm already pulled over. <laughs> oh man. Mm-hmm. And uh, number one, it is. Um, dang it, Bobby. Oh god, King, King of the Hill. Hill. Yeah. And it's funny too because I well when I was working at the Rockets, I do ha- I did have a coworker named Robert, and they called him Bobby. So I remember whenever Bobby, and not like Bobby messed up or anything like that, but it was just kind of funny, just be like, "Thank you, Bobby." Yeah, no, that's, that's cool. No, that's cool. I got you. I got those references. All right, my number three, it's uh, How I Met Your Mother, but it's also um, like uh, Lethal Weapon. Oh, I'm getting too old for this. Stuff. Oh, I'm getting full too old for this stuff. He said stuff. Okay, yeah, but it's actually I'm too old for this shit. Yeah. Yeah. So that one, can't go wrong with that one. Um, number two, I would have to go with, um, so I would, okay, I would have to go with, I know this is kind of stupid, but uh, I mean, I grew up with the show, Dragon Ball Z, Kamehameha. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like everybody knows what that is. When yeah, so as soon as you hear Kamehame, and then you hear somebody in the background or somewhere else, ah, ah, like, you know, shit. And then my number one would have to be um, the the hate for Toby from oh, Michael. Okay. When, especially that one scene where he's like, oh yeah, should I go give him the cupcake thing back? And then she's like, nice try, Jim. And then he turns around Toby's like, hey, Michael. I was like, no, God, no, 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 I, I, no. I, I definitely love it in the office when uh, the the fact that like the hate kind of carries over, like when uh, when Jim gets mad about the about when uh, Toby asks for like if he can be added to the birthday, yeah, um, and then <laughs> it's a cake, Toby. Like, oh god. <laughs> uh, when Andy was like, like Andy, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, it just keeps going, and, and going. he's like, man. No wonder Michael hated you. He's like, that's not fair. So yeah, so no, no, yeah, that's that's pretty good. Yep. So to reiterate, your top three. 
So my top three is um <laughs> Dang man. Uh, oh damn. <laughs> damn, bro. I know I know number okay. one was uh That's what she said. And number three was that that's what she said. Number two was uh He's already pulled over. He can't pull over any further from Super Troopers. And then number one is Dang It Bobby from okay. King, King of the Hill. And then me, it's uh, I'm too old for this shit. Kamehameha. And the the all, every, the undeniable hate for Toby because I kind of share it too. He annoys the crap out of me. I didn't really think Toby was that bad. No. All right, man. So that's the show. So shout out to Unhinged Sports Network. Um, Obviously, we're part of the Unhinged Sports Network. Uh, we're moving to bigger and brighter things in 2021. So stay tuned because things are, things are popping. And, um, obviously, so follow them on Twitter. So you will be notified about all the things that are going to be popping for 2021 at their Twitter at Network Unhinged. Also, shout out to award nominated for best logo, Alejandra Gomez, yeah. the creator of the insert name FC logo. So you can follow her on Instagram at Alec Gomez Graphics. You can go hit her up. On her Instagram, if you guys are looking to have a logo made. And then, of course, shout out to our producer, also award nominated for best sound, Beats, uh, Roosevelt Spencer. So, shout out to him. And if you guys want to follow him on Instagram, follow him at that guy dope. Also, man, if you guys haven't already, go into our Instagram page at FC and check out his fire video for Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley because it's a banger. You'll start it's singing every, to it. You'll start singing to it's it. It's everything you want and more. So <laughs> you'll start singing to it. I swear to God. I so started jamming. Go to for it. it. It's it's great. So I highly recommend it. So uh shout out to everybody, man. Thanks for listening to another great show, man. And um yes, we're gonna have an episode next week. Um yes, there's no soccer going on, but we're actually gonna go ahead and react to the tables of Yay. YouTube. Wow, he's not so in, so enthusiastic about that, Edward. I'm oh, sorry. <clears throat> yeah. Fuck. Better. <laughs> yeah. All right. So thanks for listening, guys, and catch you guys next week for episode 17. All right. Catch it easy. Take it easy, guys. Catch you later. You good, man? Yeah. All right, man. Take care.
redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.